right, welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast. Uh, my name is Ian McNaughton, Big E here. Uh, pleased to be joined by friend of the pod, uh, Hayden Barton. Hayden, what's going on, man? What, what's happening? Nothing too much, man. Uh, just doing a lot of fucking recording, a lot of working, a lot of grinding, man. I have had zero time to literally do anything. And uh, today is like the first day in however long where I'm not doing like anything after my job. So I'm ready to hop on this fucking call, ready to talk some football because it's lit. <laughs> it's, it's, a re- it's almost a rest day for you in a way, right? Almost, man. And it's you, like you... I didn't even rest today. I still work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's... um. It's it, it's kind of like um, I'm trying to think of like a tra- it's almost like training camp like you got your practice in the morning now we're doing you know film sesh you know study meetings you know type thing that that that's what this is exactly uh, Hayden and I are going to be doing uh, I think we'll do a few season previews why not what else what else are we doing right might as well it's August uh, football season's right around the corner. Um, Fun fact, uh, in one of my uh, in one of my leagues, uh, where I got the email that like, oh, your league has been your fantasy league has been reactivated for the upcoming season. My heart skipped a beat. Not gonna lie, just the thought of like being able to do the draft and having fantasy football back oh. in my life. So good. It's, uh, it's what we live for. It's what we live for. So, so Hayden and I are are gonna go through. Uh, We'll, I think what we'll do is like maybe four episodes, but we'll go through like the west, the east, the north, south, that kind of thing. Um, today we're going to be discussing the NFC, AFC West, uh, going team by team, looking at players, um, just previewing the team. I, I don't know if we'll go like medium deep. Like I don't know if we need to go like hardcore, but like you know we're we're keeping it like we might go a little. Hard, hard over some, if you know. Maybe what I mean. on some teams, yeah. Yeah, like I know, like I know you'll probably like if we get to the Saints, you'll want to do a deep dive. And I mean, I could probably do a deep dive on the Seahawks today, but like I, I we oh, don't need no. to do. Well, we'll do the the basics and like all around that. We won't make any team special. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I I can't even think of a special team in this, you know. NFC, AFC West. I, I don't even know if any of these teams are good. To be honest. Like, I, what do I know? We're all the same, right? Um, <laughs> speaking of which, I think it's appropriate. Let's start with the defending Super Bowl champions. All right, that seems fitting. I think that's appropriate. They did win the Super Bowl. Some say they're good. Maybe we'll Stop. start with. Well, maybe we'll start with them. I don't know what you would consider to be the most noteworthy move that they made this offseason. They signed Allen Robinson. They got Bobby Wagner. Um, Andrew Whitworth retired. Yeah. I'd say the biggest thing for the Rams that they did this offseason was retain everyone and just say that, yeah, we're going for it again. Yeah. (laughs) Like, yeah, Whitworth retired. Whitworth's, like, 40 years old. He's a left tackle. He's been banging heads since for over half of his life, you know? So it's time for that guy, excuse me, to retire. And, yeah, all I can say is Sean McVay is still there. 
Aaron Donald signed a three-year contract uh, extension. Um, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Matthew Stafford, and they're getting back Cam Akers. I'm already getting reports that they're like a like a backfield committee now. Like it's absolutely insane. And yeah, they re or they uh they signed Bobby Wagner for the defense. Like that's just so many positive moves for the Rams. So it's hard to not see them back in at least the one seed for the West of the NFC. I, I was saying uh, I think after they signed Bobby Wagner, where it's like this team needs to be audited. Like what the yeah. hell are they? Where are they getting this money from? How are they making these moves possible? Like this is this is not legal. Um, and and like obviously I'm a Seahawks fan. Some people are gonna say that I'm like slightly biased, but like seriously, this team made so many impressive moves over the off season. Yep, uh, it's incredible. Um, I again, like you say, they kind of get the core together. Like I don't know that they're doing a lot differently. Um, certainly offensively, like you still have the main guys, like you say, Stafford, Cup, mm-hmm. um, you know. Van Jefferson's going to be probably the third wide receiver. Allen Robinson's going to be replacing Odell. Apparently I don't know. Allen if... Robinson is looking fucking fresh. Yeah. <laughs> and mint, like, coaches love him. So this is why it's scary because, you know, uh, Cooper Cup, sorry to interrupt you, but Cooper Cup, like, he's a great slot receiver. If you look at his stats on the outside, he's terrible. He's actually terrible, which no one looks at, no one talks about. Cooper Cup is the most dominant inside receiver, so you need an outside receiver, and that's exactly what they're getting in Allen Robinson. That's exactly what they had last year in Odell. So, and and I don't know if there's talks about Odell going back to L.A. I don't know if it wouldn't make sense in my eyes. I don't I don't think so, but you know, he might do something like that of just like yeah. I'll sign with the Rams in early November again and just like, yeah, I'll join you on another Super Bowl run. I heard sure. that there was talks of him going to the Bills, potentially. And that makes a lot of sense, too. Right? Like, like they don't they don't have another, like, one on number two. Like, they have Diggs, and I, I can't even – I don't even know. Nicole Gabriel B- Davis? I mean, yeah, Gabriel Davis, yeah. And then I guess Isaiah McKenzie. But it's like, maybe put Odell there. Why, is, it, why not? Is, well, what's his name? Uh, the unvaccinated uh, like slot receiver? Oh, what's he, his name? He, no, he, he cool. got cut. He got cut? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the Rams, like, they'll probably run, like, a bit, you know, quite a bit of, like, 11 personnel, like, another running back and a tight end. They'll go three wide receivers. Um, they'll throw the ball quite a bit. Uh, we'll see if Cam Akers is you know, completely healthy. It's kind of weird, the Rams running back situation. Like, not to say it's a bit of a cursed spot, but it's like Todd Gurley, obviously, you know, they got the most out of Todd Gurley when he was the starting running back that they could. They melt, you know, they melt that cow for what it was worth, like, use an expression. Um, You know, (laughs) Sonny Michelle was, like, all right for when he was there. He was good, which really, like, surprised me. And then now it's, like, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson. The guy I'm really looking forward to watching is Kyron Williams. He was with Notre Dame uh, through college. Now he's going to be probably the third running back on the team. Like, Yeah, he's probably going to be like call-up almost or even special teams worthy right now. 
Yeah, and I mean, he was an elusive, you know, twitchy back at Notre Dame. So, I mean, if they can keep him, maybe use him down the stretch if there's injuries, I'm excited to see him. Um, You know, four of the first six games I have written down here to start the year are at home. So they're at home for quite a bit to start the year. And four of their final six games are in their home stadium. They do have a road game week 17 at the L.A. Chargers, which is still technically their own stadium. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How many fans? Do, do you think that stadium even gets sold out? <laughs> uh, probably not. You know, I, I, I don't know what day week 17 is on, but I think that's, like, relatively close to, like, New Year's Day, isn't it? So like, I think it's uh, January 2nd, and I'll search it up right now. So... I mean, because, I mean, there will be more people at the Rose Bowl than there will be at that game, probably. That, that could be very, very true, yeah. <laughs> even, even though the Rose Bowl will feature Oregon and Michigan, like two teams not from the L.A. area, and the Rose Bowl will be more packed than SoFi Stadium. So something to keep in mind with the Rams. Yeah, I think they're, like you say, they're still like a top team in the NFL. They have one of the best coaches. Um, they have a top 10 quarterback anyways. I don't know how high you want to rate Stafford, but they have a top 10 quarterback, I would say. Oh, and yeah. and they have a lot of, you know, a lot of playmakers and a lot of pieces around it to make this team really, really special. Mm-hmm. No, they definitely do. Uh, I'll uh, take this note. Week 17 is the 1st of January. Yeah, so they'll have more people at the Rose Bowl than they will at that prime time. Like, that'll be a Sunday night football game. It is be... a Sunday night football game. <laughs> yeah, and there'll be more people watching the uh, Rose Bowl that day. Yeah. Although the Rose Bowl sometimes, I don't know if they do. It could be like, early. Yeah. Imagine going to two football games, but like two like good football games in one day. Well... I, because usually like the Rose Bowl is like four hours, right? Like it's like the Rose Bowl just goes on, it drags on, right? Like it's like a baseball game of for like college football, right? But I think if you if you can do both, if you can do the Rose Bowl and the Rams Chargers, if you can get from Pasadena to Inglewood in time to watch both games, uh, you deserve like a Presidential Medal of Honor because that's impressive. You could definitely go and see it because it starts at one. Yeah. So it starts at one. The the game will be like three and a half, four hours. Like the game will be probably done at five. The game will be done by the time the Sunday night game starts. And then you have to find your way from Pasadena to Inglewood, which if you know LA, it's like it, it's like two days traffic wise to get down there with how bad LA traffic is on a Sunday night on New Year's. Um that that would be cool though. I, I'm not knocking that. That would be cool, but I just like knowing how my LA friends talk about LA and the traffic and driving. It's only 50 minutes. And now it is on like a Tuesday or whatever, Wednesday I, afternoon. I mean it's 20 miles. <laughs> yeah, it's 20 miles, and it takes an hour to get there. Yeah, that's pretty bad, but I mean, like, it's possible. You could definitely, like, this is, that is insane, actually. That is crazy. All right, all right. Um, 
I don't know about the. We think we're gonna do a deep dive, and yet we've made this whole fucking conversation about like ten minutes long, just on the fan. Just about LA traffic and just commuting in LA. Like, oh my yeah, god. No, if you take if you take the one ten from Pasadena, or you take the four hundred five, and you hook up with the whatever, yeah. Um. God. <laughs> best case for the Rams this year: fourteen and three, repeat as Super Bowl champs. It like fourteen and three, fifteen and two. Worst they could do nine and nine and eight. I have not. Yeah, my literally my worst case I've written down nine and eight. They they they're a wild card team. Yeah, uh, uh, easily, especially in the NFC West. Uh, do you have a player to watch or a player you're interested in on the Rams? Allen Robinson. Hell yeah. <laughs> like easily, easily the only person because I want to see that have, or that man have a resurgence in his career right now. Um, also a sneaky fantasy play if, like, anybody's been paying attention. Because, you know, like, you know when you do fantasy football drafts, you have, like, the hardo guys who, like, have been, like, doing their prep and doing their studying and then, like, you know, searching, searching on, like, good picks. And it's like, oh, this Allen Robinson, if he goes to L.A., it's a good, you know, get him at the right draft position. It's a good pick. And then you have the guy who isn't, you know, all that into it, like study wise and prep wise, and he just shows up for the draft and just has a beer. It's like, yeah, I'll take Allen Robinson second round, and it's like, you motherfucker, like really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially too, like he's only twenty eight, you know, like. And he hasn't he he hasn't played for a real quarterback. Like he hasn't had no, a real he quarterback. He never has. He played for Blake Bortles once, and that was like the best he's ever had. <laughs> Um, my player to watch on the on the Rams is uh, Joseph Noteboom, the uh, the tackle who's uh, going to be replacing Whitworth. Yeah. Just I think he's been mostly playing a guard at the NFL, and now they're going to put him back to his original position in college, which was tackle. Uh, let's let's go to the Arizona Cardinals. They, they finished second in the NFC West last year. Good. Started last season seven and zero. Lost to the Rams in the wild card game in a wild card round, which is an awful game. That was a awful. really boring game. Uh, they traded their first round pick this year for Marquise Hollywood Brown, who just got arrested. Just got arrested. <laughs> uh, so, what fortunate timing? They extended GM Steve Kime and head coach Cliff Kingsbury until 2027 this offseason. They gave them contract extensions even after getting blown out by the Rams. Uh, re-signed Zach Ertz, James Conner, uh, AJ Green, Max Williams, who I like Max Williams because he's a big body tight end and he's got two X's in his name, which is, you know, that's how you know he's, uh, legit because he's got two X's. Uh, and Colt McCoy, as a Seahawks fan, I do have to acknowledge that the Cardinals re-signed Colt McCoy since he beat Seattle last year. Um... But the biggest news with Arizona is they signed Kyler Murray to this five-year, $230.5 million, $160 million guaranteed, and included the independent study clause, which they then removed after some bad PR. Dude, like Arizona is just all over the place this offseason. And it's like, oh, they, they kind of feel like they had a good one. They lost Chandler Jones, which I think is huge on the defense. Uh, there's not really any notable name that came back over, if I'm understanding correctly. So they lost... Not, 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 not on D-line. 
Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you look at that and you're like, and I don't know if you heard uh, Left Side Heavy episode 112 last week. I think Kyler Murray is mediocrity and just at best only good because of his athletic ability. Other than that, this guy, man, like he, you saw him in the game and <laughs> you. <laughs> You know why they put in that four-hour study clock time, but then after bad PR rep, like, no, I'm I I see Arizona like they're worst of worst this year. Uh, I know you're gonna ask this question, and because they're best, they're best second place. They're worst finishing under Seattle. <laughs> That's how I, I my it. my worst case for the Cardinals this year. I have them as like six and eleven. They missed yeah. the playoffs. And Kyler doesn't improve, which is like it, it's something to be said. Like this guy, like if you want, like I watch Kyler highlights and anticipation of this podcast, and it's like the dude is still not like he's throwing off his back foot still. Like he's yeah. not like he he's, he does not have great form on quite a number of throws, and it's yeah. concern it's it's concerning that you're willing to give out a hundred and sixty million dollars guaranteed to a dude who is still not fully right as a quarterback, like yeah. not fully developed. I know. I, I didn't like, and that's the thing with Arizona. They had, they had to re-sign Kyler Murray or extend him because they've had such shit since Kurt Warner, you know? So what are you going to do? Not re-sign him? No, you have to re-sign him. But it's like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. And then now with Marquise Brown uh, doing that, he's probably going to get three games. So, yeah, I I don't like the Cardinals this year. Bad vibes. Bad Terrible vibes. vibes. Terrible vibes. Like, like written all over this team. Uh, and just like, and there's even like, there, like, like, I like James Conner. Like I like what he can do. I love James Conner. I, I I don't mind the. I didn't mind the Ertz trade when they made it last year. I I I knew where they. I I kind of see where they were getting because they needed another tight end and they didn't need another pass catcher, but they just needed like a red zone target, right? They just needed yeah. somebody who wasn't D Hop. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, what are you? Like part of it too is that this team still feels like it's trying to find its identity. It's like what are what are you offensively? Yeah. You're you're yeah. an you're an air raid team? Yeah, you're an air raid team that also has like a Michael Vick at quarterback with athletic ability, but just not the not the computer or not computer quarterback like knowledge, you know? I, I don't like it's so hard. It just feels like you have athleticism at the most important position and then it's like, yeah, go run downfield. <laughs> well, and, and like defensively, it's even more of a toss-up because even yep. defense, even defensively, it's like okay, you had Chandler Jones, like like at least you had Chandler Jones. You had a pass rusher. You had a guy who could go get sacks. Like cool beans. Okay, great. Now you don't have him. You have a past his prime JJ Watt. You have. Isaiah Simmons, who, like, 
I like the idea of I Isaiah, like Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. I like him, but it's just like I don't know that they use him properly. I don't know if they've figured out how to use Isaiah Simmons properly. And he almost seems more like a strong safety because of how fast he is. Like it, it, he's almost like a like a Cam Chancellor type, and that they haven't really figured yeah. out how like. They're putting him in a linebacker position, but they need to be putting him in a chancellor. Like, it, it's just weird. It is, yeah. Um, strong know, safety. They got they got 27 turnovers last year. Like, the defense got 27 turnovers. That's not happening again this coming season. Like, that's you're you can't be expecting that. No, not at all. So, worst case, I said they're going to be six and eleven. Miss playoffs. Kyler doesn't improve. Defensive coordinator Vance Joseph is fired. Best case scenario, the offense clicks, the defense holds up, and they go like twelve and five. No, I'd say eleven and six. Eleven and six. Season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't. I this team does not feel like they can win a division. No. It, no and even. And even with Hopkins being suspended, like they got they got Hollywood Brown. It's like, oh yeah, Hopkins is gonna be out for six games, so we're you know at least here we got this replacement. Hollywood Brown's Mike maybe gonna miss the first six games of the year. Yeah, I I think Hollywood Brown will miss three games. Oh, two games minimum, and I don't really see like anything that serious being more than three. Like. I don't know. It's it's kind of a toss-up for anything to do with, um, what was it? It was, like, speeding or something? Like he, was spe- he was speeding, yeah. I, I'll, yeah. I, could, I could pull it up and check. But, like, yeah, it, it, it you know, we don't like, need it, to get into the whole, you know, Miami Dolphins slash Deshaun Watson, you know, punishment <laughs> things. But, like, it does feel like a bit of a toss-up as to, like, what, uh, what he, yeah, arrested for criminal speeding. Mm. Criminal speeding charges. It, does criminal mean like over four, uh, 40 miles? For criminal speed? speeding, a class three mis- misdemeanor punishable by up to 30 days in jail, a fine of up to $500, and or up to one year of probation. He was arrested for exceeding 85 miles an hour. Oh my fucking god, man. Like, do people not learn, especially from someone who killed someone last year going, flying over the speed limit? Like, come on. How dumb can people be, man? Um, yeah, so that's not looking great for the Cardinals. Uh, who's your player to watch for Arizona this year? Uh, I think just because... Well, you know what? I'll switch it up. I was going to say James Bonner, but I really like Isaiah Simmons. I really want to see how Isaiah Simmons translates more into either a strong safety role or actually being at a linebacker position. I also have Isaiah Simmons because I think this is his third, third year. Third year? Yeah. Like, like, yeah, yeah. No offense, dude. Like, and I think you're talented and might you just might be in the wrong situation too. Like, you might just be playing okay. for the wrong team. But you got to show something at this level. Like, like three years in. You, you got to be showing something on a bit more consi- consistent basis. And who knows? Maybe they just play him this year and then they either trade him or they just cut him or whatever. Like maybe he goes somewhere else and has renewed success. But yeah, in Arizona, yeah. this is a, a big year for him. 
Yeah, no, definitely could. Yeah. Uh, we'll go with San Francisco. They finished third in the NFC West and somehow made an NFC Championship game last year. Oh, my God. Um. <laughs> there's not. There's actually not really a lot to discuss about this team. Like this. Like San Francisco. Like hasn't really done a whole lot. I mean, they lost Lake and Tomlinson. Raheem Mostert's gone. Mohamed Mohamed Sanu's gone. Jaquiski Tart. Yeah, Tart Tart was a big one. Tart's a big one. Um, they signed Ray Ray McLeod. Terry Hyder, Robert Kendici. Yeah, it's it, there's no big names uh, other than Garoppolo. Other than Garoppolo, yeah. now officially allowed to seek a trade, that is the only big name uh, that it can move on from San Fran or that even has come into San Fran. And personally, uh, I think I think San Fran is better off with Garoppolo. Uh, I think Trey Lance uh, is kind of in like a Kyler Murray situation right now where it's all athleticism. Like he only did good last year when he started because Trey Lance is a very athletic person, very physical, and like he has arm talent. He does. It's there. But just the IQ, the IQ is kind of what throws me off because there were so many open plays where he could have made one decision but then did the other. He zigged when he was really supposed to zag. So and I think I think all you need for San Fran is someone who can hand the ball off to Elijah Mitchell um, or any other of the third round draft pick running backs that San Francisco drafts every year. So it's yeah and, and Trent Williams Oh my God! Just because he's big and he can block does not make him more special than anyone else who can do that. Like, he's a great tackle, but come on, man! Like, <laughs> what's so different about Trent Williams compared to like Dwayne Brown? You know, like uh, maybe the sacks he lets up. Yeah, but it's like they're both big and physical. You know. I, I don't know. Dwayne Brown was really good, in my opinion, last year. I He was good last year, but I, I think the funny thing with Trent Williams is that he has a way more innovative coach than Dwayne Brown has have been. That is very true. And, and, and Trent, seeing Trent Williams in motion... I don't know. That's just like, oh, hell yeah. I, I could get behind that. That That's that's really cool. That, that Not all any, the time. Any coach, you give any coach enough mental capacity to say, hey, put your six offensive lineman in and take your best tackle and move him. Now you have a freight train being the head-on guy. Like, anyone can, anyone can be that innovative. Anyone can say, like, do this, and it's going to be effective. Ten times out of ten, just because you had Kyle Shanahan, who's one of the like greatest offensive minds in the last ten years, and yeah, I I don't know, I I have a big issue with overhyping stuff that really I don't think should be overhyped sometimes. Speaking of overhyping stuff, I was watching Trey Lance film uh, some highlights uh, from last year. This might this might be an unfair comp. This might be kind of low hanging fruit. 
You know who he reminded me of? Who? Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like if you go back, like, has tattoos, right? I sure that that's what I was thinking of, <laughs> but like, he kind of looks like a bit, just like a bit of a shorter Kaepernick. Like he, like the way he yeah. throws the ball, the way he moves, the way he runs for a first down. He does also have a little bit of a Kyler Murray, like you know, crow hop and then take off in him, but. Yeah. Like that's who we, like that's who Trey Lance reminded me of was Colin Kaepernick, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because Colin Kaepernick did have a you know a really good stretch at a time in this league like before all the off the field stuff started taking over, like he had a really good stretch of being able to confuse defenses, uh you know to put people under you know under heels, confuse them. I'm not saying. Trey Lance is going to be like that, but I could definitely see a world in which he just, you know, runs some sort of like spread option and, 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 you know, can beat you with your, with his feet or with his arm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm looking up images right now and like kind of comparing Colin Kaepernick and Trey Lance. Yeah, they, (laughs) They both look super similar within the uh, red and gold. It's actually kind of scary. <laughs> and, like, I don't like, like, I don't know. That might be, like, low-hanging fruit that, like, it's obvious. But I was also the same guy last year who was, like, you know who Mac Jones kind of reminds me of? Like, an er- like an early 2000s Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it, it, I, it's eerily similar. And maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I, I'm... You know, completely missing a point, but Trey Lance could absolutely just be a, a force if they cut down probably on turnovers and, like you say, makes you know makes few fewer mistakes, makes smarter plays. I think it'll be fine. Because um, that was the thing with Jimmy G. Like that's the whole point of trying to get a quarterback to replace Jimmy Garoppolo, where Garoppolo like three times a game, four times a game had a throw that made you go like. Oh fuck! What the hell are you doing, Jimmy? Do not throw that ball there. Like you are asking for a turnover, and that's what you're trying to replace, right? And yep. now you're bringing in a guy who didn't go to a big college school, like doesn't doesn't have a lot of experience against top talent. Nope. Was known for being a bit of a risk taker. Mm-hmm. And makes, like, a few mistakes a game that makes you go, like, what the hell are you doing? That was not the read. That was a more not... athletic Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, now he can, run, like, now he can escape, or now he can run away and make plays on his feet, which is kind of where every, you know, every offense or quarterback is leaning towards today. But it's like, yeah. all right, it doesn't, if, if you're still, you know, threatening to turn the ball over once a drive, that's still not great. I would take an elite pocket passing quarterback who knows where to throw the ball than any athletic quarterback that can like maybe scramble for the extra like eight yards that you'd need, you know? Yeah. But give me like give me Russell Wilson's like the perfect example. He knows what to do. He's not as athletic as all the young quarterbacks these days, but he has so much uh, football IQ. Well, now, like, what to do. 
Well, he's he's gotten smarter, right? Like he's matured, and now he now he's realized like I mean he could still run for a few yards, but now now he's realized like it's not it's not his first thing that he does. No, no. Um, three of their first eight games are against teams that made the playoffs, including the Rams. Uh, So they have an easier schedule to start the year. Best case scenario, 13-4. and They win the division. Lance takes the league by storm. Defense dominates. Like, I think that's kind of the the pathway to success for San Fran. Yep. Yep, they have elite talent at almost all three levels. Like, I don't know. Who are their safeties again? Like, I can't even think of their, uh, excuse me, their safeties. Um, I can't even think of their safety. I can't think of their safeties. I know Emmanuel Mosley is their top cornerback. Yeah, that's tough. (laughs) That's tough. I mean, but you got Nick Bosa and you got Fred Warner, who are the keystones of that defense. So, yeah. Yeah, Bosa gets at least like 10, 15 sacks this year. Like, that's kind of what you're banking on. Um, Worst case, I have. You know, they go six, six and eleven. I could even see them being five and twelve. Five and twelve. Lance struggles. Yeah. The the running game doesn't get going. The defense gets torched like that. That's like I I don't. That's yeah. the worst. Yeah. No, that definitely is the worst case scenario. And, and I mean, I think you could make an argument like if they miss the playoffs this year, and and the and the Lance thing doesn't work all that well. Kyle Shanahan's gonna have a bit of a you know bit of a warm seat. Yeah, I think he has a free year this year, basically because it's Trey's first full season. It's Trey. It's Trey's first year, and they made the NFC Championship game last year. Yeah, exactly. So they can have a down. It's kind of like what happened a couple years ago with them. You know, they made the the Super Bowl and then they missed playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you have a player to watch on San Francisco? Uh, Eliza Mitchell. I, okay. I'm excited to see exactly uh, who he is because he took the he took the lead role last year, and you know it, it obviously could be Debo because Debo just got re-signed, but uh, Mitchell because it it was his rookie season last year, and he's on a great offensive running team that can use a wide back and still pass the ball uh, depending on how Lance does. So it's it's going to be awesome to see if Mitchell can carry my fantasy team. <laughs> mm, nice. Um, I left the space, the space blank because I really couldn't find one guy that I was really, like, intrigued. Like, I have, like, I could say Brandon Ayuk. I could say Bosa again because Bosa, yep. you know, healthy. Um Aziz Al Shahir, linebacker who should be back. Yep. Um, you could say Lance. Like, there's a bunch of different guys that you could go with, and I wouldn't be particularly upset with one guy. Oh. Um, let, let's finish off the NFC West then with the Seattle Seahawks. Um, no Russell Wilson or Bobby Wagner on the team for the first time since 2011. That is that is so insane, man. Yeah. Um, I guess we should start with the whole Russell Wilson thing. I guess we should start with the quarterback position. That is the biggest, the the biggest thing that happened to Seattle this year. So, 
I listen. I I I don't need to talk. Like the rust, it's happened. The rust trade's happened. It's over. We're, you know, you're not you're not getting him back. Um, it sounds like, from what I've heard and what I've seen, I, it sounds like Geno Smith is going to be the starter for this team. That's also what I have heard as well, which I find very very shocking. Um, apparently, he's been in the offense more. He has more experience. That sort of stuff. Drew Locke sucks. <laughs> I wasn't saying it, but that's um yeah, Gino's been with the first team since the spring. Seems like his job to lose. Um I think it would be cool as shit. I don't think it's gonna happen. I think it'd be cool as shit if they just became like a four or five wide receiver team, just spread it all out and just became this passing offense. Like I think it'd be just if they just like they literally zigged like everybody wanted them to do it with Russ, but it's like no, we got Geno now, and we have a decent offensive line. Now we're going to be the team that throws the ball like fifty Dude, times a game. That would piss off so many Seattle fans. Like, <laughs> I I was actually kind of thinking the opposite. I was like, you know what? They just got Kenneth Walker. Unfortunate. Oh, I mean, also Chris Carson. Very very sad. Yeah. That that is absolutely heartbreaking. I hope anything he can come back and be, you know, who we knew he was and take the league by storm as this fucking guy that no one expected. But, I mean, you got Rashad Penny, who looks like he's taking the lead backfield. And, like I said, yeah, Kenneth Walker. And then Alex Collins. Or, no, Alex Collins got cut, didn't he? Yeah, so it's uh, between probably DJ Dallas. Yeah, DJ Dallas. And 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 Travis Homer. Which, I mean, honestly... Might as well run the four backfield committee and just fucking keep running that thing. Like, imagine having nine people in the box and then have like Lockett and DK on the outside. Well, so like this kind of reminds me of like the 2018 Seahawks when they got shot, like first year with Brian Schottenheimer. When basically they just, I, I don't know if all three of those guys ran for a thousand yards, but like all three of like Chris Carson. Uh, you remember Mike Davis? Like, I don't know where Mike... I think Mike Davis is in Baltimore now. Former Atlanta running back, Chicago Bears running back. I think he had a cup of coffee with Carolina. Mike Mike Davis. Basically, it was um, Carson, Davis, and Rashad Penny. I don't know if all three of those guys had 1,000 yards, but basically, like, those three guys were, like, running back... I mean, it was Carson who was the starting running back, but it was kind of three running backs by committee, depending on how everybody was feeling. And they and they ran like they used six O linemen like that was when George Fant was the six O L and on the team and I mean it was useful like it was limiting because you only had you had six O linemen but it was you know it was useful at times um, yeah I I just I don't know what to think of their offense it's it's Probably going to be like a Seattle Seahawks ground, you know, run the ball, run it, you know, run it on first and second down, pass on third down. Maybe they'll throw some play action in there. Um, the offensive coordinator hasn't changed. Like it's still Shane Waldron from like who they got last year from the Rams. So I, I don't know if they're adding any new concepts or if they're adding anything different into the offense. Uh, they might just be running the offense how it was before with just a new quarterback. Um, you know, you got you got a, a bit of a crowded wide receiver room in Seattle with DK, Tyler Lockett. Uh, I'm just thinking of guys off the top of my head. Uh, 
D. Eskridge, uh, Freddie Swain. Uh, who else am I missing here? Bunch of guys. Yeah, it's it, it's like Lockett, Metcalf, yes, and then a bunch of like guys that have like journeyman receivers almost. Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah. and journeymen are like young guys who are still on like you know rookie contracts rookie who are contract, still yeah. We're still trying to make, you know, we're doing some special teams, you know, probably gunning on the side. Yeah, something like that. Um, so offensively, I mean, I don't even mind the offensive line. Like, their offensive line this year, like, they're going to be using a couple rookies. Like, I think their offensive line could be good this year, possibly. Not good, but, like, could be better. Definitely Might be all right. Um... Defensively, I kind of like their depth at D line and, and secondary. Like they draft, they drafted Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati. Yeah, like that one. Who was opposite uh, Sauce Gardner all year, um, and then they got uh, Tariq Woolen, who, like, I don't know if you've seen uh, Tariq Woolen. That dude has apparently like a five two five three forty yard dash time, and is six four. At corner, dude's just lanky with speed. Five two, no four two, like a four two or four three, like oh, forty you said, yard dash. You said five two. No 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 four two, like he's really fast. <laughs> yeah. Like he has. Okay. No, if yeah. Seattle drafted a quarterback <laughs> with a five two forty yard dash, I'd be like, Brandon Browner, who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brandon Browner, welcome back, baby. Oh my Been god, a- when you said like when you said speed, I'm like. 5-2 for a corner is not speedy. <laughs> That's no, a CFL no, he, reference right like, there. Let me just reiterate <laughs> myself. He's like a 4-2 or 4-3, maybe even 4-4, four, four, like 40-yard dash. I'm really fast. I think he has like a 98 overall and 97 overall speed in Madden this upcoming season. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, should, I, I like that. good. I like that depth at, at you know, secondary – I like their depth at defensive line, especially with Shelby Harris, who came over in the Russell Wilson trade. Um, I think we talked about it before, but I feel like the Seahawks like will just find a way to win six games. They they always do. Like they play all the, every team hard, so I don't I don't not expect them to kind of show up and show out against teams in their division. Yeah. Like, that's why when we talk sometimes, I have my honest prediction of just them at least getting three games in their division, <laughs> whether that be splitting or sweeping a team. Like, it happens. Like, they'll, 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 they'll beat San Francisco once, at least, because we always find a way to beat San Francisco. Like, I can't remember what the stat is, but, like, I think it's, like, San Francisco has beat Seattle – once in their last 15 meetings. Like, it, I don't know. Seattle does really well against San Francisco, especially under Shanahan. Um, Seattle finds a way to beat Arizona. I mean, that's kind of, I would believe that stat any day of the week. <laughs> so, yeah, I think Seattle... I, like, do I think they're making a playoffs? Um, no, I... Their very best case, the very best case, I think, for the Seahawks team, uh, they go 9-8. and eight. They beat Denver in week one. Uh, 
both DK and Lockett get a thousand yards each, and they're like a wild card team somehow. Like they sneak, like they're like the Chicago Bears years ago when the Bears just snuck into the playoffs and had no business being in the playoffs with Mitch Trubisky. Like that's what the Seahawks team is. Is they just sneak into the playoffs while having no business being in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, that definitely is their uh, is their best case scenario in my opinion. Uh, the worst case scenario, I just have uh, bad, but not enough for first overall. Like the worst case is like <laughs> bad, but you can't even get first overall. You're like you know drafting third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> um. Is there a player you're interested or a player to watch? A player that you're keeping your eye on on Seattle this year? Um, can you name, like, well, you're, you you can probably name, like, five Seahawks. But, oh, no, I could name I could name a few, I'd say. I mean, if yeah. we discount, if we get discount Penny, Geno Smith, I guess Drew Locke. Uh, so let's not count him. Uh, Metcalf, Lockett. Uh, is the tight end still Everett? No, he's not uh, on the team. Oh, Everett moved to the Chargers again, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. So then there's no Everett. <sighs> you lose Bobby Wagner. Is KJ Wright coaching there now or something like that? No, he just that? retired. He just signed a one-day contract with Seattle, so he just okay. retired. Okay, so that's a thing. Uh... Isn't there still in DJ Reader? On the no, defense? he got he uh, left in free agency. He signed with the Jets. Jesus Christ, dude! This defense has gone uh, pretty irrelevant for me. I who's the corner? Who's the corner that was like actually really decent last year? For you guys? Um, Trey Brown. No. No. Fuck! Who was it? I'm gonna have to see right now. It'll piss me off. But I guess I couldn't name five. I'm sure. <laughs> you forgot Jamal Adams. Oh my God! How far? I, how could I forget Bliss Boy? Um, <laughs> who apparently, by the way, is not 100% healthy. Yeah, I saw that as well. Quandre Diggs. Quandre Diggs. He's yeah. safety. He's corner. No, oh, he's a free yeah, safety. No, he is a free safety. Uh, yeah, no, apparently uh, Jamal Adams is not 100% healthy for whatever reason. I don't know why that's uh, interesting. You know who else I should have gotten? Jordan Brooks. Cody Barton. Cody Barton, yeah. There is a Barton on... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's a tough look, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, my, player to watch on Se- my player to watch on Seattle, by the way, Wiz- Will Disley, tight end. Yeah, the, the uh, Montana, Mr. Montana. See if he's uh, see if he's completely healthy and can play a full season this year. That would uh, be really nice because that is an absolute sleeper for a tight end. Uh, see if you know uh, now um, you know one of Seattle's quarterbacks can throw it over the middle to a tight end. Um, let's uh, let's let's throw it over to the AFC West. Oh boy, I think we. Potatoes division. I think we'll start with the Kansas City Chiefs because they finished first. Finished first. Um, I mean, they kind of like Austin, um, Anthony Hitchens, Melvin Ingram Jr., 
Tyran Matthew, Daniel Sorensen. Their two safeties are gone. The two starting safeties. Both to New Orleans. Both to New Orleans, which is like, I guess New Orleans saw something with Kansas City. Oh, my God. When I saw that just fucking New Orleans has signed a free agent Kansas City uh, safety, and I was like, Tyron Matthew, and then it was Daniel Sorensen. God, are you fucking serious? But, yeah, no, go, go on, sorry. Um, they added uh, Carlos Dunlap, Ronald Jr., Ronald Jones, Justin Reed, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mont- Montez Valdez-Gantling. Traded away Tyree Kill. Oh, drafted Sky Moore. Drafted Sky Moore. Drafted yeah. Justin Ross, by the way, from Clemson, too. Like, undrafted, actually undrafted free agent until they signed him. He's a Clemson guy. Uh, he was, I think he was on the national championship team. I mean, I'm curious to see what the offense looks like because that's the first thing I feel like we have to talk about with the Chiefs is, like, their offense uh, now that Tyreek's not there anymore. Yeah. I guess it's Juju wide receiver one in Kansas City now? I'd say Juju's going to be their possession guy and MVS is going to be their Tyreek Hill guy. I wonder if that's, like, if McCall... McCall um, Nicole Hardman. God, I can't fucking say names today. <laughs> uh, I wonder if Hardman, like, now he's going to take another level. Maybe he takes it. Like, uh, It's hard for me to see if McCole Hardman will take another level. Just because it's like, you've had this opportunity for two years to be the number two, or the number three, even. And it's like, even when you were one-on-one, Mahomes would still throw it to Kelsey or Hill. And so I don't really see it a lot. I think this is Hardman's last year, and then he's out of there. Or yeah. maybe he gets traded away midseason to a team where it's like, you can go try to be the number one there. But other than that, I, it's like... I was going to say, I can't wait to see Jacksonville give him the Christian Kirk contract next season. God's sakes, man. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> um... But the Juju thing, like it just like this seems like such a better fit compared to the what Pittsburgh's offense has been like for the last like three years that Juju's been there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, not, and I mean Pittsburgh's really good at developing receivers, but how can you how can you say no to playing for Kansas City and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes with with what they can achieve like you can't really say no you can't say no um yeah what are you you gonna say something oh no 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 i'm Um, i'm I'm keeping looking at like stats from the year before and just like making sure like i i know since i don't know if i'm gonna put on the spot now by you mr ian i mean (laughs) i feel like i still have a good general knowledge of like who's on every team, but when you well, said also, I, well, when also, I said like, Seahawks, I was like, damn. Well, also, um, that was more just me being like, yeah, the Seahawks aren't that good. You probably couldn't like that was more just about myself than it was you. But also, like, I just have a whole like page of notes on Kansas City. Oh my which, god! <laughs> like I literally, I li- like I literally like have like. You went above and beyond for Kansas City, huh? No, this is. I have a page for every team. Um, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. 
Um, Kansas City, I don't think they're – I don't know how – I don't think their defense really changes that much either. Like, I think the defense is really just like you're just same defense but with different guys. Like, now instead of Tyran Matthew, you have Justin Reed. Yeah. Like, I yeah. don't – I don't really think the defense changes all that much. Like, it's still Spagnola as the defensive coordinator. Like, no, I don't really see a lot uh, changing for defensively as well. It's it's like you lost a player, you filled the void. Yeah. You lost a player, you filled the void. The only, vo- the only void that won't be filled is Tyreek Hill. You can't re- you can't replace that speed. Like no, you can't you replace. Can't. You can't re- you can't even just replace Tyreek Hill. You can replace speed. You can't replace everything after that he does. Yeah. Like that. That's what is going. It's that's what it's all going to come down to when Mahomes looks for a five yard dump off and it's not returned to the house. So. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't evade every defender ever and. No. Goes, yeah. yeah. Um, Orlando Brown Jr., uh, he appears to be playing this season under the franchise tag. I believe he was given that in May or June. I don't know. A lot's happened. So a lot I, has happened, yeah. Um, best case for Kansas City, 13-4, and four, Super Bowl champs. Win the division. Win the division. Case, fourth in the division, yet still, still could make playoffs in three out of the four AFC conferences. I have the worst case. They go ten and seven. That's your worst case. Like worst case is like they, they like this is a team that should be getting ten wins. Like I just think Patrick Mahomes is just that good. See the thing is, I think every team could get to ten and seven, but then it's gonna matter conference. Or no, then it's gonna matter division. Then it's gonna matter conference, and then it's gonna just matter of. Uh, I think the next one is like the teams that they did beat their winning percentages. And I feel like that's what all these four teams could come down to. Like, I generally think each team could be 11-6 and six by the end of this year. But it's only going to come down to, like, the absolute most of the most. <laughs> I, I just, like, with Kansas City, like, even if they go, like, even if they win 10 wins and they're a wild card team, like, if they don't win a division, some, like, say the Chargers win a division or whatever, like, I still feel like that Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, quarterback head coach duo is still just too good to to mess with and maybe maybe like by the time the playoffs come around they look completely different and they're not the same maybe maybe you know they have an injury or whatever something's off but i have 10 and 7 the defense struggles with new personnel and the offense is good but not elite because whenever, whenever you talk about kansas city they have an elite offense they have an elite quarterback and maybe for whatever reason they're missing Tyreek Hill, or the Juju thing doesn't work, and they're ten and seven, and they're you know they're in Cincinnati or whatever for the first week again. And it's like, oh great, we get to play the Bengals in the playoffs again. I wonder <laughs> if that's ever gone bad for us. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely could be the case. Uh, player to watch on KT this year. I feel like you guys sky more. I think Sky more as well, just to see if he can be like a, a big rookie impact on the team. I'm going Clyde Edward Hilaire. Clyde Edward Hilaire. <sighs> yeah, Clyde's a good one too. You know what? I'm gonna trade mine. Travis Kelsey. 
Does the decline finally start? That's a guy you don't want to bet against. It isn't, but it's like, when will it happen? You know, because whenever it's someone like that, it's off a cliff. You know, Drew Brees, off a cliff. 2019 to 2020 was terrible. (laughs) Like, when you're done, you're done. Like, that's like... Like, that's what it is, and just, like, especially at this level, it's like, if you're done, you're done. Exactly, and that's kind of thing, like, I think about with Tom Brady, too. Like, when you're done, you're done. Peyton Manning, when he was done, he was done, you know? Yeah. So, it's, yeah, I think Travis Kelsey is going to have to be my person to watch, only because he's been in this league how long now? And he's been dominant, like, every year. Over, it has to happen. Too. Over Especially under, over under one and a half touchdown passes from Kelsey this year. Uh, over. Wait, over under one and a half. Yeah, touchdown passes from Kelsey. Like Kelsey oh. throwing the touchdowns. That's hard. Uh, I say he gets. I say under. I say mm-hmm. he gets one, and he'll go for the second one, but he won't get the second. Uh, it, it'll be the second one he'll try against the Seahawks and it'll be picked off by Jamal Adams and Jamal Adams will be like down at the two, but then he like, you know, runs back the other way and celebrates with the entire defense while down 12. Um, <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I, the Raiders. The Raiders. Um, who the hell knows what the rate? They're just the AFC like Cardinals. I say they're better than the Cardinals only because of the fact that Devontae Adams. I, I would take Derek Carr over. I would take Derek Carr over Kyler Murray. I would take Devontae Adams over DeAndre Hopkins. I wouldn't take Josh Jacobs over James Conner, and I'd take Darren Waller over Zach Ertz. And then their defense. Their defense is a little bit more stacked. I feel like. I feel like Max Crosby is Too, better than anyone on the card. I, I, you know what? I like. I just generally I like the Cardinals, or I, I hate the Cardinals more than the Raiders. Two X's, by the way, in his name, Max Crosby. Two X's. Just yeah. gotta shout, gotta shout that out. I think this. Here's the thing. You mentioned playmakers on offense: Carr, Adams, Josh Jacobs. Um, shout out our boy Hunter Renfro. Yeah. Yeah. White, uh, what, 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 what would we even call it? Like, white or vanilla something? <laughs> Probably. Um, what would, the, I, I just miss when, I miss when he was, like, a, you know, in his fifth year at college, and people were calling him, like, old and senior, like, like, like an old man. He does have a receding hairline, though, right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, I, my, my point in getting back to all this, I think this offense will be all right to good. I'm just worried about their offensive line. Yeah, their offensive line definitely scares me a little bit. And maybe Alex Leatherwood improves. I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> not not totally sure about it, but I don't know. I, I just like that. Like all Listen, having Derek Carr is great. Having Devontae Adams is great. Josh Jacobs, I, I, you, you, you know, not the top running back, but you could do a lot worse than Josh Jacobs. 
I don't know yeah. if any of I don't know if any of that matters if the offensive line is like twenty seventh in the league. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, defensively, I have some concerns, mostly like linebacker, defensive back. I thought one of the actual like kind of redeeming things that Grunin did as a coach, or maybe it was Mike Mayock, I don't know, was uh, sign Nick Kwiatkowski and Corey Littleton as linebackers. It was yeah. like it, it was actually like a bit of a savvy move, and yeah. now they're both gone. Mm-hmm. Don't they so have... now it's like, can they cover anybody? I don't know. And another funny thing too that you kind of said, like just with not having anyone there. I don't think anyone from their 2020 draft class is there anymore. Was it is Trey Trayvon Mullen might be? Was he on 2020? I I'm gonna pull it up and see. I don't know. I I think I just remember seeing like a post I, from. I feel like you're right. I feel like that there was a graphic I, about that. Yeah, from like NFL memes or something like that, and I feel like I saw. Excuse me, one of them, and it was just like, yeah, all of the 2020 picks from the uh, from the Raiders. Are just not on the Raiders anymore. <laughs> um, with some terrible, terrible uh, reasons uh, why. Yeah. Uh, I am trying. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> I, so, like the 2020 draft class for the Raiders includes. Um, Henry Ruggs. Yep, Damon Arnett. Damon Arnett. Lynn Bowden Jr., who, if I could remember correctly, wasn't he traded, like, after the draft? I think so, yeah. Wasn't he traded to Miami? Like, he was, I don't know, like, a fourth-round pick, and they traded him to Miami for a fifth-round pick? Oh, uh, let's see. Tanner, Tanner Muse, I know, is playing for the Seahawks. Like, the Seahawks got Tanner Muse. I know that much. Uh, uh, he, uh, plays for the Miami Dolphins now. Yeah, Brian Edwards playing for Miami, or Lynn, Lynn Bowden playing yeah. for Miami. Brian Bowden Edwards was trained. Brian Edwards was traded to, uh, Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> John Simpson and Amik Robertson. For both uh, cut. Right? Yes, I believe both of those guys were cut. Yeah. Um, Jesus, this is awful. Okay, listen, so... <laughs> Um, you know what's cool about the Raiders? You know what? You know what? They have a great pass rushing duo with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. That's gonna kick ass. Yeah, one would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, going back to the offense, Carr's arguably got his best plethora of offensive weapons since entering the league. Yep. Now he needs to take advantage of it with a uh, uh, Josh McDaniels. Um, as head coach, mm-hmm. what's your best case for the Raiders this year? Again, like I was saying, I, literally every team could finish first and last, and that's how I view it. That was my original uh, thoughts uh, before the season, and it's my it's I'm keeping it through, keeping it through the whole thing. So, because I was just like. Do you know what I mean when I say, like, the Raiders felt like they were falling upwards in success? Like, like, it, like, by the end of the year, the Raiders would have, like, 
eight wins or whatever. It's like, how the hell did this team win eight games? They just do. And then, and then it's like you look at their schedule. It's like, oh, they beat the Bears once. They beat Atlanta. They beat the Jets. They beat uh, like Indianapolis or something. Like they beat all these like weird teams. And then they get a couple divisional games. It's like, huh? I guess this team gets to eight wins somehow. Some way, somehow. Some way, somehow. Uh, my best case for them this year: they go ten and seven. The offense takes off. The defense is good enough. They win the wild card. I don't know if they're good enough to win a division, but I think they'll, they're good enough to be a wild card team. Um, I think the I think the worst case is six and eleven. Offense doesn't get going. Defense gets outworked, and they're just outplayed. Like I think the the Raiders feel like a high floor, low ceiling team. Yeah, yeah. No, you mean or do you mean high ceiling, low floor? No, I think like low ceiling, high mean- floor. Oh my. Okay. Like, like I feel like this team. Like I'd be surprised if they lost more than like if if they didn't. I'd be surprised if they won fewer than six games. I would be surprised if they won more than ten. Like I think six to ten wins is like the sweet spot for this team. Yeah, yeah. That that's very very obtainable. I'd say for them. Uh, player to watch on the Raiders. Derek Carr. Hell yeah. How does he do? That's the question. New coach, new top receiver. Mm-hmm. Time to just absolutely be the best that he can be. He's a That's- great guy too. Like he does so much for like the whole community of the Raiders. He he deserves to have some success. I feel like. Well, you know what's funny? Like, I remember, and I was, like, one of those people who were like, oh, Gruden's, you know, now that he's coach, he's certainly going to want his own guy as quarterback. Like, it's like it kind of felt like, you know, how NFL coaches or GM mindsets, like, yeah, we need to get my, you know, we need to get our guy in here. Derek Carr isn't necessarily our guy. But, like, Carr's been a Raider now for, like, what, eight years? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that. Eight years now, yeah. Like that that's just incredible. The fact that he's been with like the fact he's been with that team for so long and has put up with all that bullshit in that organization of relocating, having his coach uh having get having one coach fired, another one removed mid season because of some emails, um weird ass ownership. Like Derek Carr does not get enough credit. I some people are saying he's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if I go that far with Derek Carr, but I do think he deserves a yeah, bit more. Devontae Adams is saying he's a Hall of Famer. I, I would not say that at all. No. <laughs> no. Um let's talk about the Chargers then. Let's let's go on to the another AFC West team who missed the playoffs by a field goal. That sounds good to me. Let's uh too bad for them. They they signed J.C. Jackson, Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, Gerald Everett, uh, Bryce Callahan, Kyle Van Noy, got Khalil Mack. I think that, like, I mean, you can start with the offense with this team. I want to talk about the defense because the defense looks fun and it looks loaded with Joseph Day as the nose tackle. You got another Bosa. You got uh, Joey Bosa, not Nick Bosa. We talked about... Uh, Nick. Joey Bosa, uh, Kyle, um, 
Kenneth Murray Jr., Khalil Mack at linebacker. Um, you know, look at my notes here. I look like the team looks really fun. And then we're not even discussing like Asante Samuel Samuel Jr., Derwin James, Nazir Adderley, JC Jackson, the secondary. Like, like this team oh, looks really fun. They're absolutely loaded, and they have pieces at all positions on either side of the ball. And it's absolutely scary because you're like, how the fuck did we pay for all these people? And then you realize that they're all on amazing deals, especially Herbert, you know, and then Austin Eckler, amazing deal. (laughs) And then, yeah, Gerald Everett, a solid tight end. Uh, You got two amazing receivers. You got a... I'd say, a, I'd say a great offensive line, a great defensive line, a great linebacking tier, and then a great secondary. Like, they're, they're amazing at every position, and it just all relies on coaching now. Like, is Brandon Staley going to be an idiot, or is he going to be smart and play, like, like going for a fourth down in your own territory, like almost 80 years? 70% of the time is not good. <laughs> you know, you got to know when to punt and when to when to go for it and if you can fix that I think the Chargers like I said can be first or can be last. I I do have in my notes here these these new additions should allow Staley to run like his too high uh system, his too high safety system. Yeah. That he, he likes playing uh some some cover 4 some cover six. Yep. He, he, he likes doing out a bunch. Yeah, offensively, the Chargers, I think, are relatively the same. Like, they don't have a lot of changes on the offense. Like, Mike Williams is back. You mentioned Herbert. Herbert, I think, will be really good again this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they finished fourth in yards per game last year, fifth in points for. I'm not sure. I don't know how to put this, but I'm not sure quite what the next level of this offense is. If it's just like you say, Staley not making as many coaching mistakes, but there is part of me that would love to have, like love to see this team have a third option at which receiver outside of uh, Jalen Guyton. I mean, Josh Palmer also seems like a really, really decent receiver in my opinion. Palmer might, because he was a rookie last year, wasn't he? Like he might take off and he might be that third option. Yeah, definitely could. So potential. Um, Gerald Everett is it last year, you know, last year was Jared Cook. This year it's Gerald Everett. So Gerald Everett Gerald Everett I don't I think Jared Cook maybe had like a thousand yards receiving last year. I don't know if Everett Oh no. Did not? no Jared Cook did not he, I, I don't even think he I might I I missed some read misread the wrong category then. Hold on, let me see here. I think it was no William no. I got the wrong category because it was Williams and Allen who I think were 1,000-yard receivers last year. Yeah, and, then, uh, and then I think Austin Eckler had, I think, 1,000 total yards last year. Um, yeah. Uh, Jared Cook had 560. 500 yards. Okay. So I messed, I, I got the wrong player. My yeah. bad. Hey, I'm willing, I'm willing to make mistakes because I, I do make mistakes. I'm not perfect. My, look at my eyesight. My eyesight's certainly not perfect. That's why I wear glasses. Um, <laughs> no, listen. Like, Gerald Everett... He's a Jared Cook replacement. I think the best case for this team, they go 13-4. The offense goes X Games mode is what I have written down here. Um, defense is top five. And they make a Super Bowl appearance. Like They're kind of like a Cincinnati in, in the way that they get hot down the stretch and they go on a Super Bowl run. That's kind of what I think the best case for this team is. Yep. 
I agree. I think the worst case is they go nine and eight, kind of a repeat of last year of like good but not great, and they definitely should be in the playoffs. Um, but they miss it, and Herbert and Staley's seats are getting warm. I wouldn't say Herbert necessarily. Okay. Uh, I would mostly just say Staley. Like, I don't think Herbert's seat is even possible to get warm. He is he's so good, and I think if anyone watches like uh, enough football, I'm not saying that you don't. I know you obviously do, but I'm just saying like Herbert – like you can clearly see that there's talent in him. Yeah. And I think everything that could go wrong is a coaching mistake. I I'm just afraid with the Chargers because the Chargers have been known as an organization to do dumb shit. Yeah, exactly. I I would just be afraid, and I and they might not do it like a year from now if they miss the playoffs. I would just be afraid if they sold on Herbert for like seventy five cents on the dollar. If things go horribly wrong and they just feel the need to like blow like whatever. Yeah, but- Hey, I hope they never feel the need to do that. I hope they don't either because it like you're in LA. Like you literally you got blessed with one say generational quarterback in Phillip Rivers. Like you got blessed with one quarterback and now you have another one. And it's so rare to find those guys, especially trying to compete in the LA market and you're trying to sell out a hundred thousand seat stadium at SoFi. Mm-hmm. That's a guy you need on your team. It to- is. To, to market and help promote your team. And if you get rid of him, it's a mistake. I just worry about the Chargers fucking that up. Um, players to watch on the Chargers this year. I have two guys. Okay. I have Kyle Van Noy, because I really like Kyle Van Noy. And he's kind of a weird tweener guy. Like, he doesn't, like, he plays on the edge, but he also, you know, he doesn't mind pass rushing, but he can also, dr- like, it's a weird, he's a weird, how I, Got, they're they're moving away from his type, like if you know what I mean, right? You, I I find it so funny sometimes. And you find like the, I wouldn't even think to 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 think of Cal Van Noy when I hear like the Chargers. Like when I hear the Chargers and the player to think of, first name not Cal Van Noy. I could have gone Sebastian Joseph Day because I love me a good nose tackle <laughs> who can just you know fill gaps and just create havoc inside but Calvin I just I like like Calvin Noy has kind of been this weird kind of outcast because like how team like what teams are doing nowadays and not like Calvin Noy is like a big guy but they he's used to playing on the edge he can sometimes play in the middle but he was great under the Belichick system Nowadays he's he's gone to he went to Miami and it didn't really work in Miami. Now he's with the Staley defense. I don't know. I don't know if he's starting. I don't think he is, but I think he could be um, a really interested. He's a good rotation player who can maybe get a few sacks. Yeah. Uh, the other guy I have you'll like this one. Uh, Troy Reader from the Rams, inside linebacker, coming oh, yeah. off like like coming coming off the Rams Super Bowl team. Now he's playing for the Chargers again. Rotation piece. Um, young guy. I think he had two tackles in the Super Bowl. He he he's somebody I'm interested in in terms of just being a bit of a run stuffer, like not really a, not really a big uh, coverage guy, but probably more of a run stuffer for what I think they want to use him for. And the caveat with those two guys that Kenneth Murray has not been the most healthy linebacker. Nick or Joey Bosa hasn't been the most healthy you know, edge guy either. 
Just they have depth. Uh, who's your player to watch on the Chargers this year? I kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I think Joshua Palmer. Oh yeah. Uh, I hope that he can make a name for himself as a third wide receiver. <coughs> he uh, can kind of be a standout guy. That or Donald Parham. Donald Parham as a tight end, maybe he kind of gets on the rise because he's young, he is tall, and he has great hands. And we're all looking for the next Jimmy Graham, right? Oh, my God. Don't even bring his name up. I might cry. <laughs> um, all right. Let's round this out. We got one more team we're going to do here. We're going to discuss the Denver Broncos. Sounds good. They acquired some dude named Russell Wilson. I don't know. News to me. Um, good guy, I think. Let's ride. Um I, I, they acquired Alex Singleton, used to be a linebacker for the Eagles. Randy Gregory's on this team. New head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. I think this is the first. No, okay. Um, the Raiders had a new coach this year. But another team with a new coach. Um, Denver, Denver's weird. Because you're bringing in this new coach with this new system. And you're bringing in a new quarterback who there are... As much as like, I think even the biggest Russell Wilson got like supporters are like, there's a little bit of doubt after what last season was like. Oh, of course. So, I'm curious to see what Denver looks like offensively. I'm curious to see how they run. There's a chance that, like, what we see like at the start of the year offensively is not even close to what they look like by the end of the year. Like I feel like I, I feel like with with the acquisition of Russ, this is a two year process with Denver. So even if they don't do well this year, they're still gonna go all in next year. Yeah, I, I could see that even three or four years down the road. If if they want to double down, because I think Russ's contract is for another two three years. Like if they want to double down and like maybe even extend Russ, sure, go for it. Um, why not? Tough, tough uh, loss on, what was it? It was a Tuesday, yesterday. Tim Patrick tearing his ACL. Yesterday, yeah. Tim Patrick and then a running back also tore. But the running back wasn't uh, yeah. noteworthy, but it's still sad. Uh, prayers up to both of those guys. You know, hopefully they come back uh, next season with prosperity. Well, see, I'm curious to know what your thoughts on this. I don't think we've had this conversation. Tim Patrick, guy with two first names. Now, I think... If you have two first names, you're more likely to succeed. Well, that hasn't been the case for Tim Patrick so far. <laughs> no, no, but this is, um, you know, this is just a stepping stone into something greater. Could be. Um, the other thing about Denver, I want to say, this might be the best O line that Russ has had in his entire career. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which is saying something. It is saying something because it's not like this AFC line or uh, this Denver line, I should say, isn't even that like stellar. Maybe not even like in the top half of the league in terms of offensive no. lines. No, it isn't. And like, who's like their best one? Like uh, Garrett Bowles or something like that? I would say Garrett Bowles, yeah, left tackle. Yeah, so who knows? <laughs> um, you know, they brought in Randy Gregory essentially to replace Vaughn Miller. Yep. Um, a good one. 
Defensive line kind of feels underwhelming because they traded away Shelby Harris. I don't know. I still, I still think Bradley Chubb and uh, Randy Gregory can still uh, tear it up. I know Chubb's a linebacker, but he's an edge rusher. Technically, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I should have specified. I have interior D line feels underwhelming. Oh, but okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, but, but like you say, they have Chubb and Gregory, um, which I mean. You could do a lot worse for interior. Yeah, you definitely do a lot worse, yeah. Um, Singleton's a good, a good linebacker. CFL good li- legend. He, he, yeah, C- CFL legend Alex Singleton. <laughs> That's why I felt obligated to put him in there. Um, yep. The secondary feels like they have a high ceiling. They got Cream Jackson, Justin Simmons, Patrick Sertan Jr. All returning. Mm-hmm. Ronald Darby, Bless Austin, new additions at corner. Um, I, they have a high ceiling. I feel like I think it, you know, outside of the offense, depending on how the secondary performs, that's kind of a, a, an X factor, dark horse for this team. Um, I just want to read out their last six games this season. The Broncos' final six games this year at Baltimore, home against Kansas City, home against Arizona, at the Rams, at Kansas City, home against the Chargers. That's a that's a tough. Uh, that's a tough uh, end to the season there. That's a tough end of the year uh, run if you're trying to get hot and you're trying to get you know fight your way into a playoff spot. Um, what say you? Best case for the Broncos this year? <laughs> Has to be and, again first. Like they're going all in. They have uh, a high-powered offense. And they have a really, really good defense with a lot of talent. And Brandon McManus swinging that thing has, like, the biggest boot in the league, if not Justin Tucker. So they can definitely – and Russ is clutch. You know, Russ is clutch. He'll play great for the first eight weeks. We know that. It's just can he play great for the last nine weeks? And Well, the last six weeks when he has to go to Baltimore – Play the Rams defense. Play the Chiefs defense twice. Play the Charger. Like, yeah, no, exactly. So it it's all dependent, you know. Um, yeah, I say like best case 11, 12 wins. Yeah, offense comes together in the second half. They go on a run to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, and in the worst case, the six they win six games this year. They start slow. They never recover. Offense doesn't click, and then they just go all in 2023. Like, they push all their chips into 2023 and just ball out then. Um, yeah. Who's a guy you're going to be watching on the Broncos this year? Javante Williams. I really, really like Javante Williams. He is electrifying. Like, more than – like, last year, he reminded me – of a pow- a more powerful back of Alvin Kamara, a great receiver, and not as shifty and elusive, but more powerful. You know, like, he definitely takes on contact like no other. And I love that about him. I, I, I said this about, not to say that he is Marshawn Lynch, but I remember saying when Marshawn Lynch, like, in his prime, where it's like, you can't have just one guy taking him down. Like no, you need you, you need a group of people to take him. Like you need two, three, four guys to take him down, and that's the same with Javante Williams. Watching highlights of him, like no, at least. 
Like it's it's just you need four guys to like try and wrap him up, and even then it's like ah, he might escape. He might get out of it and find a first down. He's just so good. <laughs> I I went with the my player to watch is Jerry Judy because he could have like a real like if things go well and he click with he clicks with Russ. Yeah. He could be a really really sneaky you know fantasy play and a top wide receiver. Yeah, definitely. It's it's him or Sutton now. So. Him or Sutton. So I went with Judy, but pick your poison. Yeah, exactly. Either one. Either one of those guys could look really good. Um, Hayden, I do, I do think we have two things I have to discuss here uh, in terms of mailbag questions. Uh, okay. I think, I think someone, uh, someone put in that they think Seattle is going to finish above San Francisco uh, in the uh, NFC West. It could. Which I think, I, I think uh, that was their prediction. I think that it was mostly because they're a Seahawks fan and they just wanted to say, yeah. Uh, friend of the pod, Aiden Ramage, says Seattle finishes above San Fran in the NFC West. Definitely could. It all depends on Trey Lance, though. Trey Lance and, like, uh, Trey Lance and can everybody outside of the quarterback position do well in Seattle? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then uh, – Friend of the pod, Rav, Ravisher, he says uh, his bet is Drew Locke wins MVP. Hell yeah, brother. I'm all about that. How much, how, what are the odds of that, like a million to one? What do you, let's, let, let's, let's check this out. DraftKings Sportsbook has, which I don't think they're, I don't know if they're in BC yet. I think they're in Ontario, but DraftKings Sportsbook, I think is in uh, BC, or it's in Ontario. You can do Pardon? You can do best birds. Uh, do, 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 do. DraftKings, NFL odds, uh, player future. No, uh, where are we? This is really good uh, podcasting, uh, just like trying to find something on the internet here. Um, Drew Locke, Drew Locke. I don't even know if he's on here. I, I wouldn't even put him on there. Like, the odds would be so fucking, like, terrible, uh, it wouldn't even be possible. Uh, Robert Tunyon is on this list. For MVP? Yeah, I'm at the very bottom. This is uh, plus plus 50,000. What is that? Plus 50,000. Is that uh, 500 to 1? Yeah. yeah. Darius Tony is on that list. Drew Locke doesn't even come up. Uh, for Bedford's MVP in my so far, so. Um, Mike Jacecki is on, is, is, plus, is 500 to 1. Yeah. So basically, all we're seeing here is a lot of just unrealistic goals, because there's no way uh, anyone other than a quarterback wins MVP, and there's no way in hell Drew Locke even starts um even gets close even sniffs it not at all oh <laughs> uh, well anyways um that's the that podcast we just previewed the nfc and afc west uh hope you guys enjoyed it uh hayden um do you have a, a final hot take or final prediction you want to uh end off with here oh man hot take uh All the AFC West teams finished with the same record, 
and it comes down purely based to what I said earlier, as in, um, they'll have to go off of like win percentage. <laughs> doesn't doesn't um, like I have to go look like through all the tiebreakers, but like if it gets to the point of like eight in a tiebreaker, doesn't it get to a coin toss? I think it does get to a coin toss. Yeah. Let me see NFL tiebreaker. Which is hilarious because imagine like. Making the playoffs or missing the playoffs purely based off the of oh. cost. So it, it's head to head. Yeah. Best one lost tie percentage. Best one lost tie percentage in common game. Best one lost tie percentage in games played within the conference. Strength of victory in all games. Strength of schedule in all games. Best combined ranking among conference teams in points scored and points allowed in all games. Best combined ranking among all teams in points scored and points allowed in all games. Best net points in common games, best net points in all games, best net touchdowns in all games, coin toss. Hell yeah. <laughs> so for that to happen, holy fuck. <laughs> that would be so hard. But I say it gets to, yeah, strength of uh, victory in all games. That's the one. Number five. I like the sound of that. Um, my my hot take. Um, hmm. What's a what's a what's a hot take? I truly believe. Um. Yeah, I, I I'll I'll say Seattle wins. Seattle wins seven games this year. I don't know if that's really a hot take. I think Seattle wins seven games. It's not as outlandish as yours, but like I think that there's also like a, a little bit of realism with that. Definitely could be. Yeah. All right. All right. That's the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you check us out Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Watch us on our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, Hayden and I will probably be back next week to do a. Uh, I don't know if he has if he wants to do the South. If we want to just get the uh, preview of the South divisions next week, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll decide. Uh, We can't wait to do this again. Thank you very much for all your support. We'll be back soon. Peace out.